WTP is back out, um, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about the aftermath of the NHL trade deadline and uh, the major news after it. It's been a week after the NHL trade deadline, so everything's obviously in. Um, some not we're not not going to break down every big move, but uh, some of the more impactful ones, I should say. And also make sure to uh, go to the YouTube channel of Big Blue in the Bronx and boys in the big apple and subscribe and like all the videos that we post on there and yep we're gonna begin here with uh the nashville predators i thought they were pretty noteworthy in their trade deadline um first off before they even uh made a trade (laughs) they changed dms um for those who didn't know the news david Poyle, their only general manager in their history uh, announced he's retiring from president of hockey operations and Funny because uh, the new GM was the former coach of Nashville. Now new general manager Barry Trotz is the general manager for the Preds. Um, in fact, Trotz is their winningest head coach ever. And uh, he also won a little bit with Washington, won the cup with them, had a little bit of success with the Islanders. But nevertheless, now he is the general manager for um, taking over for David Poyle. And uh, what we, as we see here... Uh, Nashville was busy. Before we uh, talk about a little bit of the legacy of Poyle, um, they did make a uh, big trade, uh, if you ask me. So they made their biggest deal happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, they got rid of forward Tanner Janot, who was a uh, pretty good young forward. And in return, they got back defenseman, a young defenseman, Cal Foot, uh, going forward. They got a 2025 first rounder. A 2024 second, third, fourth, and fifth round picks all in the 2023 draft. So again, the 2025 first and the 2024 second. And then a third, fourth, and fifth round pick in this year's draft. Um, It was a uh, bit of a shocker for uh, the trade, if you ask me, because the price tag they got back for Juno, you know, he doesn't have like, uh, I don't think he's got more than three seasons under his belt and... uh, you know, you compare that, and it's like, Jesus Christ, they gave up so much for this guy. And I know Juno is a very impactful player. He's not the off, he's not an offensive juggernaut. Um, he did have 41 points last year, but I think he's only got like uh, 14 points or five goals coming in from Nashville. I, I don't uh, uh, believe it, it was a whole lot this year, but he does have a lot of penalty minutes. He's, he hits, uh, he scraps, he's, and he's a young, gritty forward, which is what Tampa needs. Um, they want to even make that bottom six, which is very big in the playoffs, and they know it. So they're trying to make it as gritty as possible. Um, and, you know, Nashville, they also made the uh, Mikhail Granlin trade to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, that was a, uh, I wouldn't say a shocker, but, uh, you know, it, I think they got back a, a 20, 23 second round pick. So they're obviously trying to load up on draft picks um in nashville here you know barry trotz knows it's like he doesn't want to say rebuilding but it's kind of a reset rebuild trying to get uh, younger players here trying to start that process again draft build through the draft um i think nashville they're choosing their direction because you know they do have uh some guys that they can rebuild rebuild around like uh cody glass yuso parsonen uh philip tomasino they got the prospect goalie yaroslav askarov who's played a little, um, and then they also made the Matias Ekholm trade, so, uh, and they got a good haul for him, but then again, uh, 
that would those were some of the major trades so they got rid of the shipping out was Ekholm and I think they got like a first and a prospect and a little bit more for him I think they got Rudy Schaefer in that so um a lot of uh big moves from Nashville to uh offload some players and you know they still got some players in their 30s like McDonough, Yossi, Duchesne, Ekholm, Granlin, Johansson, UC Saros is 27, and Philip Forsberg is on this roster. So they they could, you know, potentially say, hey, let's run it back and uh, try and make the playoffs next year. They, But they uh, also might uh, say, you know what, we can even get more assets. So really interesting to see what Nat, the Preds do. And, you know, when you look at David Poyle, he, he, this guy has got a, uh, a royal hockey name, kind of like all the, the Patrick family, whether it's like all the, uh, whether it's uh, Dick Patrick, Glenn, Lester Patrick, Joseph Patrick, you know, even Lynn Patrick, uh, all those guys early in the hockey family. But, you know, he put it, you know, David Poyle does have a good track record. Uh, and what I mean by that is not in terms, he never, he never unfortunately did win a Stanley Cup, but, you know, he kept continuity there for a while. I mean, he, he made Washington relevant, um, you know, they, when they sucked in the 80s, and, and he brought them to relevancy because he, he was their GM for about 15 years. And then, you know, from 98 to now, he was the general manager of the Predators, and he started with a – that was an expansion team. And that's when expansion teams weren't really, uh, you know, built how, like, Vegas and Seattle were. The, the draft rules are much harder. So he really put built a team from ground zero and turned them into a competitive team um, he brought life to a new hockey market. You ever go to Nashville, uh, you could just hear that their fans are passionate and they love their hockey down there. And, you know, he also built youth programs for kids, trying to get more uh, more kids involved in the game in Nashville areas, so, or in, in the Tennessee area. So kudos to Poyle. What a, what a, a career as a GM. Unfortunately, he never did get to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I, think, I think Washington might have won it, like, one or two years after. Or, or, or maybe, maybe I'm mistaken on that, but uh, he never technically did win a Stanley Cup. And he, he got the Predators to the Cup once, but they unfortunately lost to Pittsburgh. That was back in 2016 or 17. It was one of those uh, years where the Penguins were a bit of a dynasty that uh, the Predators uh, got lost in it. Moving on, moving on. Um, next up, we had the uh, the big sweepstakes of uh, the Timo Meyer trade. And oh boy... This was a trade, and I, this was a, uh, a complicated trade, I should say, because it had a mix of about like 10 players, one of the biggest trades in NHL history, um, and and here's the full deal. So the Devils get Timo Meyer, uh, left-wing teamer Ibergenmov, defenseman Scott Harrington, and Santeri Hotka, and goaltender Zachary Edmund, as well as a fifth-round pick, and in return, the San Jose Sharks receive uh, defenseman Shakir, Muka Madulin, Nikita Otuk, and then NHL forwards Andreas Johnson, uh, Fabian Zetterland, and then they got a second and a seventh round pick in this year's draft. Both are conditional. And also, uh, the San Jose Sharks are retaining 50% of the remaining deal for Meyer, who is a restricted free agent at the end of this year. Um, but for uh, Muka Madulin was one of fir- uh, three first round picks in the 2020 draft, so they technically got a first-round pick back, but it's a prospect, uh, nevertheless. Um, and that was, like, the major piece, I guess, that the Sharks were interested in from that deal. But it was very surprising to me that uh, Meyer ended up uh, here just because I didn't think the package was that big for him. 
for, for the return with the Sharks because there was reports saying um, like that a, a day or two before the St. Louis Blues were willing to give up two first-rounders for him, which would have been huge. I mean, to get two first-round picks for Timo Meyer, I would take that and run. Not saying Meyer isn't worth the player. He's an excellent player. He's a great goal scorer, and he's going to help out the Devils a shit ton. But to not get two first-rounders, I mean, or to not take the deal, and I understand the Devils probably had the the most quantity of picks in NHL players, but, you know, sometimes it's a league where it's quality over quantity. You could have a lot, but if you, you could also have a lot of nothing. So that's why I think they took this deal. And the Sharks, I guess, you know, they're not in a full rebuild, um, which it kind of doesn't make sense because they are not the greatest team uh, for those, obviously, who, uh, you know, know because they, they've had a, a pretty bad year. There was also talks that they would trade Eric Carlson at the uh, deadline, but uh, he's staying, although he's having a fantastic year. Um, but they're the bottom of their division. They have, they're sitting right now, they're sitting at 50 points in like 66 games played. Obviously, they're not a playoff team. Um, they might they might be one of the worst NHL teams. They don't want to call themselves rebuilders, but they are. But they don't really even have the strongest prospect pool. They have an average prospect pool. Um, some of the guys they have are like uh, William Eklund, who's uh, their 2021 first rounder. Um, and uh, Thomas Bortolo, who those guys are more, uh, you know, they'll be there probably next year. Bortolo was their 2020 second round pick, who's in like the minors right now. And then they got their 2022 first rounder, who had a really good World Juniors, Philip Bystead. So they got some forward prospects down there. Could use some help on the defense uh, as well. But nevertheless, they don't have the greatest pool. I'd say it's an average prospect pool compared to the rest of the teams. Um, the interesting thing with the Devils is, you know, it's fine this year. I think he's a great player, but Meyer has not signed a, uh extension with them. And no extension uh, means, oof, did we all, did we just give up like a few decent young NHL players and, you know, a possibly a first round pick if depending on the condition? Um, did we just give that up for a rental? because the Devils really could use this guy long-term. He does fit the age category. He's in his mid-20s. I think he's 27, if I'm not mistaken. I have to double-check that. But, uh, again, you know, the Devils, I think that was really their only significant move, I would say, because, you know, it's, they kind of needed a goal scorer. Um, they didn't really need any extra help on defense, and they got it. And, again, uh, he fits nicely on that top six, you could put him with Hughes, you could put him with Hichet. I think they have him with like Hughes and Jesper Boquist right now to make a really good uh, second line. Or it might be with Jesper Bratt. I don't know off the top of my head the exact configuration of the uh, Devils lines, but I know he's in that uh, top six right now. And again, um, you know, no extension yet. So interesting to see what happens in this offseason with him. But I'm really shocked that like the Devils got away with, you know, trading like that much but like didn't really seem a lot with quality like i said because you know you look at the devil's prospect pool i mean a lot you could have given up one another first like alexander holtz um he's a hardly highly regarded prospect you could have given up sharon govich who's having a decent year it's like he's an nhl player that's like 24 um you know you could have asked for like someone i i I know they weren't probably going to get like a luke hughes or a Simone Nemich or someone like that, or like a Dawson Mercer who's ripping it up, uh, who ripped it up last year and is having a good year this year. But, hey, I mean, 
can't hurt to try. So, you know, it's just, I'm just stunned the Devils clearly won this deal, and it's only going to help their playoff run. I mean, they're they're right behind Carolina um, in the Metro. They're, they're like four points out. I mean, they might take them, but it's also very possible that Carolina holds on. So, again, we'll see what happens. Um, I think Meyer is a great addition for the Devils, and the fact that they gave up so little for him makes it so much better. But it's going to be very interesting to see the offseason for him and if, how, if they uh, do get that uh, contract extension done. Um, the next uh, team I did want to talk about now, there was, I, I wanted to like bring up like the, who I thought was the most disappointing team, um, in, in terms of this trade deadline, I was really conflicted. I was thinking of saying the Carolina hurricanes, but again, they're, they're winning right now, like crazy. So I'm not going to say that they are, although I, I would have liked them to add a little more, uh, while their team's loaded up the team. I'm a little disappointed in for not loading because the uh, West, in my opinion, is much more wide open. And it's also the the race for the, even their first place spot is much closer than it is in the East. And that is the uh, Dallas Stars. Kind of don't know what they did at this trade deadline because the only significant move I'd say they made was the trade for um, Egeny Dadanov in which they shipped out Denis Gurionov. Now, I know why they shipped out Gurionov. Although I was surprised by the package and the deal. Um, I didn't feel like Dadanov was that much of an upgrade over Gurionov. Maybe it's a change of scenery for both players. But Gurionov's younger and he's got more offensive skill. Even though the production wasn't there this year, he really had a bad year, Gurionov. But the only other thing they did besides that was acquire Max Domi from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And it's like, eh, okay. Like... Great. Um, I'm. I know this sounds a little bit, but I. I really didn't think they needed that much offensive help, um, or that change of scenery because Robertson's a stud. Pavelski's still going. Rupe Hints is in a contract year. You got Ben and Sagan having bounced back years. Marchment's doing okay. Um, why this kid Wyatt Johnson has been a really good rookie for them. Uh, he might win. He could has a chance to win Calder of the Year. He's playing excellent in that top six. So. Kudos to that kid. Watch out. Um, and obviously, they, they don't really need a goalie because Ottinger can win you any game. I kind of wanted them to see, you know, get that big defenseman because you got a top four of Haskin and Miller, Hack, Hack and Pie and Lindell, and then it's Suter and Joe Hanley. I I was a little shocked that they weren't more in on the sweepstakes for Jacob Chitrin. Um, and, and I know maybe it's because he's a left-handed defenseman, but it would have been really interesting to see, like, what this guy can do, um, or or even if you want to get a right hand defense and maybe go after because Boston got him a Dmitri Orlov just because I feel they they can be a good defensive team but sometimes they're just not and I feel like Ottinger bails them out in a lot of games so I'm really shocked that Dallas didn't uh, do anything there and I don't really think they needed a whole lot of goal scoring because I I feel like they score plenty of goals I mean you know. Robertson is like a, a cannon himself like a cannon himself like you do it as a wicked shot he goes to the net so I didn't really feel they were they needed that I, I thought they could have used some defensive help and I think the west is more wide open than the east so and then again I'm not an NHL GM so we're only going to see how this plays out but we'll see we'll see um and then of course now I want to talk about uh the uh Patrick Kane deal to my favorite team the New York Rangers 
Um, and the deal was obvious. It, it, we ever everyone knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. And then it, and then it happened like a few days before the deadline. And all the Rangers gave up was a conditional second and a fourth round pick. And I think the condition is if they win two play, if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, the first rounder becomes a, a pick. A fir- the second rounder becomes a first rounder in either twenty four or the twenty five draft, which means they're keeping their first rounder for this uh, this year. And I think it's their choosing. And also in this deal to fix the salary cap, Arizona, um, you know, they took on like te- like a portion of Kane's salary um, just to help. And Kane is like just going to be a Hall of Famer. He spent all his time in Chicago. Great move for the Rangers here. Um, but the salary was the issue because they had to bench guys like Braden Schneider. They had to call up Brian Carpenter just to bench him. Um, they were sh- playing shorthanded a while. And this is huge for the NHL. You get a, a big star on the move in a big market because everyone you know knows how that New York is probably the best hockey market right now um, Other in a non-Canadian market, I should add. But, you know... This is just loading up here and loading up, but I got to tell you, I'm not, I love the Rangers, and I, I, but in my unbiased opinion, you know, you look at, like, the only reason why I say it doesn't guarantee them anything, any shit is because the amount of moves that everyone around them made, I mean, Boston got Orlov and Hathaway for the bottom six, they got Orlov on defense, then they go out and say, you know what, let's go get Tyler Bertuzzi, who's a, that's a steal to get him, okay, Toronto loaded up, um, and they they acquired a bun- a plethora of guys. They got the over. They made that O'Reilly trade early, but then they were getting guys like McCabe for depth and and Lafferty to go play in the bottom six. Um, they got Luke Shen, <laughs> you know Eric Gustafson's in there. I know they got rid of Sandine for that one, which I didn't really particularly like. But man, and then you know the Lightning, uh, they go out and get Tanner Janot, <laughs> and they got probably the filthiest bottom six. Even though Tampa hasn't really played that well, um, still, that is a dirty, dirty bottom six. And then, you know, Carolina was a bit quiet, but the Devils, we just mentioned, they got Timo Meyer, and it's like, holy crap. Um, and they got wildcard teams making some uh, really important moves. The Islanders went and got Bull Horvat, you know. Um, the Senators got winners in the sweepstakes for Chitrin. So a lot of teams loaded up. So it's not just like the Rangers loaded up. Everyone loaded up. And it's going to be a tough first-round matchup against the Devils. I'm not liking their odds just because how well New Jersey's played so far. So, I I, I don't know. It's going to be a wait-and-see um, because I think uh, I don't think the way it plays out in the Metro, I don't think um, the uh, Rangers face anyone else but the Devils. I don't think the Islanders would catch them. I don't think New Jersey's going to catch Carolina because of how well they played. And I think it's inevitable that they're going to play in the first round. So, yet again, we'll see. Um, and it's it's a risk, you know. This is the we, the rebuild's officially over here. We know that since last year, and it's time it they went. They're going all in for it. Tarasenko and Kane, you know, uh, two guys that say, you know what, let's go try and win the cup. So, we're going to see how this all plays out. Um, Again, thank you for all for listening in on this episode. Just wanted to give a quick update after the NHL trade deadline. Um, there were some other trades in there, um, you know, but I, I didn't I didn't want to cover every little itty-bitty trade. So we'll see how this all plays out in the end, and stay tuned for the next one. And remember to like and subscribe to the Boys in the Big Apple podcast on YouTube 
and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Signing off, have a good one, everyone.